This is Consumed, a podcast featuring casual conversations with eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers around California Central Coast and beyond. I'm Jamie Lewis, and this is my 10th season, which means I've done 100 episodes. Let's celebrate, shall we? I want to start by saying thank you to a couple sponsors. First, I'm always grateful for Ranchos de Anaveros Wines in the Santa Maria Valley. Did you ever see the movie Psalm? Remember the young blonde guy who eventually became a master sommelier? His name is Ian Cobble, and he recently had this to say about James Anaveros' Native 9 2013 Pinot Noir. This wine left an indelible impression on me renewing my faith in California Pinot Noir's ability to age. Had I tasted it blind, I might have easily mistaken it for a polished and much more expensive Moray Saint-Denis wine from a Premier Cru vineyard. The 2013 Native 9 from James Onoveros' Heritage Vineyard overlooking the Santa Maria Valley is a wine any Burgundy producer would be proud to have made. This is high, high praise, my friends. Taste Ranchos de Onoveros wines yourself at the station in Los Alamos or learn more at ranchosdeoniveros.com. Thanks also to Slow Life Magazine, the publication that delights in sharing the spirit of San Luis Obispo, California. I'm considering writing about Hawaiian food restaurants for my next food column in the magazine, like Shave Ice at Big Al's in Avila Beach, Hawaiian Plate Lunches at Red Dirt Coffee House in Arroyo Grande, and Span Musubi at Kilo Kilo Brewing in Paso Robles. Want to learn more? Pick up Slow Life on newsstands at Boo Boo Records and Barnes & Noble, or subscribe at slowlifemagazine.com. Carrie and Will Torres are partners in San Luis Obispo's Farmhouse Corner Market, a restaurant and specialty grocery that has won the hearts of flavor lovers across the area. The vibe at Farmhouse is very casual and cheerful, but Will's cuisine is anything but basic. Will and Carrie talk about how they got here via a decade at Justin Winery in Paso Robles, how they met at a power plant, and about their fantasies for the future of Farmhouse. Here are Carrie and Will Torres. So we were just saying, talking about the San Luis Obispo, like what is in San Luis Obispo culinary-wise, and what were you saying? Five, four taco shops? Yeah, I mean, just in general, like, you know, eight sandwich spots. I mean, there's a few good ones, but lots of okay ones, but... You know, slows changing and getting better, and big chefs are moving up here and yeah. trying to push a little bit. Sometimes a little harder in a college town, um, sometimes, but yeah, I think they're just moving. But yeah, you'll just get yeah. the same thing kind of repeated and over. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that move here from bigger towns want, you know, more ethnic food or more, you know, just good food. Yes. I guess in general. So yeah, I hope it's. I don't know. I I agree with you. I feel like there's a lot of the same thing that gets repeated, kind of like, you know, copy, paste, repeat. But at the same time, I think those are the businesses that do really well, too. I mean, just, you know, they sustain. Yeah, if it works, it works. So yeah, kind of, yeah, copy, repeat, like you said. So yeah, but I feel like also Paso is just, there's so much new stuff coming up, people coming up from L.A., um, I think that Edible Magazine has something to do with mm-hmm. that. Um, it's incredible. Her connections, the editor, uh, publisher, Gail 
Classic has lots of connections to LA and I feel like people are just coming up to be a part of it. It's yeah. pretty cool. Well, and you already have the wine industry up there. So I think that yeah. helps push it too. So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And all of the restaurants that have been opening, new ones opening. I mean, Maggie and Eric at the hatch opening yeah. up their new pizza spot next door. Like, wait, what? Yep. What is that? Yeah. I think it's, it's called Della's. Yeah. Della's. Oh, Della's. is that theirs? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. they're doing gosh. craft cocktails in, um, draft. Which is amazing. Yeah. Which is like a no-brainer, honestly. Yeah. Yep. That's so cool. I didn't realize that was theirs. No wonder it looks so good and like dialed in. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so you are kind of OG Paso, though, if I really... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we're really going to talk about it. So yeah. you... I mean, we'll go backwards from... Okay, sorry. Disorganized. Let's start from the beginning. So, Will, where do you come from? What was your hometown? Uh, I mean, I grew up in Huntington Beach, down mm-hmm. South California. Um, stayed there till trying to think, freshman in high school. Then we moved up to Washington, then down to Florida, then back out to California, and then finally figured out wanted to go to culinary school. I think just like you know, Brooke and Jacob or Jacob said on your podcast before, yeah. like school just wasn't for me. Yeah, you know, I tried it, didn't work, and then I always loved food, so that kind of just worked. And then at the time, my uncle. Um, was the dean at the Cordon Bleu down in Pasadena. So yeah. he was, I didn't know at the time when I moved back to California. And he was like, no, I'm the dean at the culinary school. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll go check it out. So I went down, checked it out, and then signed up. So stuck around in L.A. for, I think, a year or two and then moved back up here to be by my family. And then once I got up here, they all left and moved away. And then <laughs> so I was your kinda, family had li- was living here? Yeah, they lived in Orchid. Oh, okay. Um, AKA Santa Maria, I guess. Uh, Orchids. Orchids got its own. They do. Yeah. It has its own flavor, and yet it is still Santa Maria. We'll say, you know, they're from Santa Maria, but then say Orchid, because sometimes Orchid sounds a little better, but. um, (laughs) Isn't that funny? (laughs) It is, but. um, And then I met Carrie out at Diablo Canyon. Um, Really? Yeah, I was going to do. I was going to actually not. It was good his family lived in Orchid, or else we never would have met. Yeah. I mean, I was going to not cook and do security out there, but then. I did a couple outages and then I was like, all right, this is not for me either. So stick with cooking. But during that time, met Carrie. Yeah. And then right after the outage, then I got my job at Justin. Mm -hmm. And then I was up there from February of 05 to November of 17. So just shy of 13 years. So Mm -hmm. lots of changes, lots of, I mean, even, yeah, in that time, just lots of stuff changing and, you know, people change over, people you know, just food in general, I think. So yeah. Paso changed a lot more wineries, a lot more everything. So yep. yeah, that's the fastest synopsis <laughs> I've ever heard someone give of their whole. I just speed, speed through it. <laughs> well, I guess we're done here. See you yeah. later. Um, so fast. So a couple of things. So your uncle being Dean at the culinary school. So what's his background that he would be Dean at, a, at the Cordon Bleu? Uh, he just had a doctorate in teaching. So I think just He was somehow. a principal at a couple other schools before that. Okay. They moved to Long Beach. He's always loved food. Yeah. And then... Yeah, I mean, I your whole he, family has loved food. Hmm. Yeah. So I think he just found it, applied, and... So it's more from an academic yeah. than a culinary yeah. position. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. For him, yeah. Okay. Um, and when you say that your family always loved food, what does that mean? Like, are there people in the industry? Uh, No, just my grandfather was, I mean, my grandfather was always cooking. That's kind of where I really got to like cooking was 
kind of being in the kitchen with him. Yeah. And I think just like, like you had said with like all your cookbooks here too, like he would go through each one and cook each recipe. And he was a really smart guy. He had a degree in aeronautical engineer and then mm. a degree, a uh, law degree. So he kind of had dual degrees. What? So yeah. Just a super smart, you know, guy. So, and he just loved to cook. Kind of think that was kind of a little outlet for him to de-stress and mm. whatever, enjoy food. and Be artistic. Well, and all yeah. his all his traveling that he used to do for, because he worked for Boeing for a long time, and he would travel around to whatever, Taiwan and, you know, everywhere. Yeah. China and try all their different foods. So I think he just really got to enjoy it. I mean, he's told lots of crazy stories like eating monkey brains and like eating <laughs> other cow. stuff. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah. I mean, basically, <laughs> yeah. where you see the head come up and they're like, oh, cracking yeah. the head open of the monkey and they're eating like kind of similar story. But yeah. yeah, so I mean, he just tried lots of food and different things. And yeah, so I think that's just passion carried over to me and I enjoyed it. Mm. I liked eating food, obviously. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> carry on. Uh, a couple of things stand out to me there. First of all, just how consistently, if I interview somebody who is in the food industry, who cooks for others, how often it comes back to there was this one person in my life who just had a passion for it. God, Andrew. <laughs> oh my God. He said be quiet. He was quiet. <laughs> 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 Andrew, um, what do we call you? Director of communications? Like, he, he's, yeah. yeah, he just snuck in the front door because we said don't knock and interrupt. And then I see this figure behind me. <laughs> he's, he's a, I have to check my six more often than that. Um, but yeah, somebody who like has a desire, a passion for food, and then instills that in someone else and it sounds to me a lot of the time like this person isn't necessarily trying to like okay well I'm gonna teach you how to cook it's more like it just spills over from what they do and you get attracted to it and you come alongside yeah yeah and I kind of transition into like even when I was eight nine years old it's like my mom worked lots of hours so Mm -hmm. I was kind of in charge of dinner some of the times like she also had three babies in one year sorry what 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 do you mean yeah she had my brother in january and then twin sisters in december of the same year (laughs) twins okay so irish irish triplets wow and and she was working and she also um uh this was when he was like 13 and 14 Mm. so when you're that age you help out in a house he just helped out extra (laughs) yeah yeah another thing that strikes me as that travel thing of like, yeah. you know, when you see things, when you get outside of your zip code, um, you can't help but see things that make you want to, oh, I wonder if I could try that at home. I wonder if I could get that ingredient back where I am. Um, it's just, it's such an eye-opening thing. Yep. Even if you hadn't traveled, he brings the world to you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we like I said, we tried lots of different cookbooks, lots of different styles, yeah. I mean, they would take us out to eat a lot, like nice restaurants, white tablecloths. So mm. we would spend every summer with them. You know, my mom at the beginning of summer, as soon as school was done, would ship us off for three months. So we would go to wherever they were. If it was Reno, Florida, kind of wherever they were living. and just kind of Yeah, Idaho and kind of mm. spend three months with my grandparents. So it's just like cooking, hanging out, having fun as a kid. Um, 
they live in a couple spots where they had like country clubs. So yeah. we got to go down to the country club and order whatever we wanted as kids. So, I mean, it let us try other stuff too. So, um, just fun, you know, yeah. that's living. Yeah. What do your parents do or what did they do when you were young? Uh, mom was accounting. Uh, dad used to have like multiple jobs, like mm-hmm. car sales, drive a taxi, kind of did whatever. Yeah. Like, I feel like kind of most parents nowadays, like if your kids are in multiple sports and doing stuff, like it gets expensive. Like, yeah. I don't know how my parents did it, but that's why my dad had multiple jobs. And then my mom worked, you know, lots of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they were always around too, but yeah, they just worked a lot and hard. So that's generally where I think I get my hard work mm-hmm. and drive mm-hmm. for. I mean, Carrie knows like if I don't take a vacation, that's because I'm always working. I mean, forever and ever. I mean, even at Justin, I don't, the whole time I worked there in almost 13 years, like two vacations, maybe three. Wow. You know, but wow. that's just. We also had babies then, so. Yes. <laughs> Nobody's yes, going fair. anywhere. But you know, you just yeah. keep, you just keep working. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, multiple jobs and now my dad is, he's a police officer now. My mom's passed away mm. from cancer, but um, yeah, so he always worked. Now my sister also that's up in Idaho, she's a police officer too. So mm-hmm. kind of accounting my brother does a little accounting and business finance so we kind of all stuck fairly close I guess I'm the one on the outside just a little bit doing culinary but kind of artistic yeah culinary artistic um but it's fun so well you strike me as unflappable um is that Carrie I should ask you is that pretty much true just like so even keeled yeah I mean yes he's very even keeled he um most of the time most Mm -hmm. I mean when it comes to driving, <laughs> sometimes he's not. And um, I I don't, I mean, I think that he just like resonates or like projects um, other people's, um, I don't know, temperament or whatever too, which is kind of nice to be around somebody that can like, okay, f- feel what's happening and then roll with it. But yeah, he's mm-hmm. fa- really, he's even killed most of the time, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's gotten better. I mean, there's times where before, and I mean, even if you talk to most chefs, I mean, Jacob and everyone would probably tell you the same thing. Like, at some point, they all worked in a kitchen where, and kitchen culture is obviously changing, especially with everything going on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was plenty of times where chefs that I worked for, like, threw knives, threw pots, you know, grabbed you by your chef coat, told you where you're an idiot, and lots of other names, you know, like... That happened to you? Somebody grabbed your coat? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that was just the culture back in the day. It was kind of like iron fist almost, you know, whatever the chef says is goes and it's his way or the highway. I mean, it's, but like I said, I think that's changing. You know, you get more out of people being nice versus not. I mean, I definitely probably had my time where I threw stuff, where I had a temper, but I've been trying to work on it and change it to be more even keeled. I mean, no, especially now, like good. we have an open kitchen well, farmhouse now. Yeah. Oh, like that's great an point. open kitchen. Yeah, so we got an open kitchen. <laughs> that's that, a great point. That I obviously helps a little bit too. So. If it was hidden, I mean, you know, stuff's changed so much, even just in like home design with open plan and all that, which has translated to kitchens. When there was a wall there though, it probably was much um, more tempting to like lash out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I know I did at some point, um, chefs that I worked for did it yeah. multiple times. So, I mean, it's, yeah, but like I said, I think kitchen culture and 
I mean, everywhere, not just kitchen, I guess, business culture, like office culture, everything's kind of changing, especially mm. now with COVID and everything that's been going on. Like right. that's all changing. Mental health is more important, mm-hmm. you know, taking vacations, time off is all more important. So, yeah. um, yeah. Let me ask you about when you left culinary school, um, did you have, did you intend to be working in kitchens right away? I want to understand Diablo Canyon, yeah. where that fits in. Yeah. Well, f- yeah. So, I mean, I worked in a couple kitchens in like Long Beach, downtown LA. Um, you worked at the Playboy Mansion. Wait, yeah. pause. Well, they would have, yeah. No, you're not going anywhere. What happened at the Playboy Mansion? Well, they would have, I mean, they would have events all the time. So a friend of mine was the pastry chef there. Mm-hmm. So every time they do an event, they need catering staff or whatever to help so she was kind of our end she would always hit us up first like hey we had an event this weekend like do you guys want to come help out so whether it was cooking pastry kind of whatever so i mean we got to see lots of things obviously <laughs> um i want to all the things, things. Go ahead. I mean, is there anything that's like rated say pg-13 that you can share probably not i mean <laughs> i mean i mean you got to see lots of celebrities lots of people i mean there was only paint on women. Lots of, yeah, just painted oh. women. So nude, but painted. So yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the chef then who, um, Chef William, who now owns a um, B&B up in Paso, yeah. uh, Carter, William Carter, mm-hmm. um, him and his wife, he used to be the chef at the Pueblo Mansion for like 30 years. Oh my gosh. And now he has his B&B up in Paso. And then one of his... Um, sous chefs, um, Jeffrey Scott, I believe is also in Paso kind of does his own catering. Mm -hmm. Um, so everyone kind of left that scene, you know, after a long time and well, it kind of died too. (laughs) Yes. Right. Right. Well, it changed, you know, when it went from printed magazines to more online and stuff kind of changed. So I think that kind of all fluctuated, you know, less parties, all this stuff. So, um, but yeah, I mean the parties back then were yeah, crazy. And you saw, like I said, lots of things. Yes. Don't want to elaborate too much, but yes, <laughs> of lots, course. lots of stuff. Lots of things. Um, yeah, so that was fun. I mean, yeah, just anytime when we were down there, it was like any like catering that we could do, like Wolfga, Wolfgang Pup Catering, mm-hmm. um, Patina when Patina was open, like all those spots that we could get in and just get experience. You worked at Koi, too. Koi oh, in LA, really? which was yeah. big in LA, yeah. and then they kind of branched out and did, um, I feel like Las Vegas, maybe New York. They mm-hmm. opened up a couple of other spots too. Um, so yeah, we just like different ethnic food. And then like I said, wherever I could kind of squeeze in on the side and do extra stuff, catering, just kind of did those. And then it's like, I don't know, maybe two years, just trying to get closer to family, um, yeah. kind of out of LA a little bit, you know, it's just crazy Yes, down there living in Huntington, driving to LA. Which is not nothing. No, I mean, really, it's like 30 minute drive, but some days it take two hours, you know, so all that was like, all right, done with there. And then, yeah, just wanted to get closer to here. And I think back then that was, I'm trying to think that was 03, 04. So then when you get up here and then you're like, especially like Santa Maria, it's like, well, what's fine dining in Santa Maria? There's not really, you know, there's Red Lobster, there's Outback. Yeah. Back then there was Mr. Ricks. He was probably like the most famous, like... Famous for Chef the area. Ricks. Yeah, Chef Ricks. Not Mr. Ricks in yeah. yeah, no, no, no. But we worked there too. <laughs> yeah. Custom house for a little bit. So, um, yeah. But, so, I mean, his stuff, and then he kind of died down, and I know yeah. he's back now too. So, yeah. Um, 
yeah, so it was just like, well, where am I going to work now? And my dad at the time was doing security at Diablo. So, okay. And I knew a few of the guys that were there. I mean, security makes, most of the people out at Diablo make good money. Yes. Good benefits. So I was like, all right, well, that sounds good. A lot of people's careers, I don't mean this in a negative way, but they end there, meaning like once you're there, you know, I think the pay grade, it doesn't go much further up for jobs in this area. No, and this area is obviously beautiful and we all yeah. love living here. So it just kind of worked out. But like I said, I tried like a couple outages and then, yeah, just wasn't for me. Like I needed to be cooking. You did work in the kitchen there, but it was a cafeteria. Oh, I didn't realize you were, so you're cooking, but you're also working security. Well, I did that to get kind of in first, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like it's my It's a big foot background check, all kinds of stuff just yes. to get, walk in the door. So he did That was it kind of my way. in, yeah. I see, okay. It was through the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then worked over to security after that. So, and then that's when I met, like I said, met Carrie and then. Carrie, what were you doing? I ran the janitorial contract. Okay, how did you get into that? It was crazy. I, uh, right out of high school, I started my own cleaning business. And then, um, yeah. And we did, I did vacation rentals and like just um, move outs for, you know, it was just a way to make cash really. And um, I tried college, but it didn't work. But anyway, mm. um, and then I saw that they were hiring. I had myself done a couple of outages because my father worked at Diablo Canyon as an mm. electrical engineer. Yeah. And so I um, did a couple outages. So I knew I could pass all the background checks. And I thought, okay, if I can be a janitor at Diablo Canyon, I bet I could move up there. Yeah. So I saw the job application and I applied to be just a janitor. Mm -hmm. And they saw that I had clearance to get in, that I'd been in before, and that I had my own cleaning business. But I'm, I'm talking like 20 years old, yeah. 19, 20 years old. And they were like, will you be the general manager for the whole janitorial contract? And I was like, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> So I got handed a big job and yeah, I had like 20 janitors and wow. managed it for five years. That's amazing. I mean, running a cleaning business with just you or even like one or two other employees is one thing. Yeah. Managing eight people. That's, oh, sorry. 20, 20. people. Sorry. 20 people. Um, I didn't always have 20 people at one time sometimes because it's it hard to get a background no. check. No. Um, but the other hard part was that I was expected to be there during the day to be the face, but all the cleaning had to happen at night. Oh, how does that work? <laughs> I mean, I, would, I was there in meetings and making sure everything was happening, and then I'd get the crew started at night, sometimes go back and check on them. But it's hard to get somebody who wants to scrub a toilet for $9 an hour next to a guy that's carrying a... AK-47, yep. I don't know what they carry, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. crazy big guns, and and be able to pass a drug test mm -hmm. and pass mm -hmm. a, like a psychology, psychology test. test yeah. So Like a number of hoops to jump yeah. through. Yeah, and only get paid like 9 to $12 yes. an hour then when they knew all these other people that worked out there were making way more than them. Right. Because it was a contracted, I wasn't working for pg and &E. I was working for a company that did the janitorial contract. Right. So. Wow, but that, I had no idea. Yeah. So, for the listener, Carrie and I, we've known each other yeah. since. Yeah. Did you go to Paulding? I can't remember. I did go to Paulding. Okay. But you're a year younger than me. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we were there together. 97. I yeah. graduated in 97. Okay. okay. Where, where did you go to elementary school? Um, I was at Shell Beach for a while. So was I. 
I was at Shell Beach for a while, and then I ended up going to the new the, the elementary school up in on the Mesa because I we lived on the Mesa. Okay. So like my sixth grade year, I was the first class on that. Now it's a junior high, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So you were right on the cusp. Yeah, because my brother <clears throat> went there as an elementary school also. Mesa View. Mesa View. I think that's what yeah. Anyway, so we've known each other a long time. Mm-hmm. Um. But I didn't realize that's what happened after high school because we kind of lost touch. And then, yeah. I don't know, 10 years afterward Probably. through food, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, So you guys met and what was it like when you first met? Um, He noticed my car. Mm-hmm. I had a Jeep, black Jeep Liberty, blacked out windows. <laughs> chrome tires, big wheels. It was Look pretty, I know. Well, I was like, I was making okay money as a young <laughs> person. So he noticed my car first. Um, and then, you know, it was like, oh, okay, that she's cute, but had to tell a, a coworker to find out what my number was. Cause he was too afraid to ask. Worked it's it okay. In. It's okay. And then we, um, we, he would make me grilled cheese sandwiches mm-hmm. at the, at the cafeteria. I, I like tomatoes in it, mm-hmm. and um, and he would say, "Oh, don't worry, it's on me," you know. <laughs> oh. And then our first date I was at it. Mr. Rick's. Of course. Yeah. See? Why Comes wouldn't up. it be? And then um, I think the other like big thing was that was funny to me because you know when you work at a place that has a lot of people like Diablo Canyon had sometimes two thousand, sometimes fifteen hundred, sometimes twelve hundred people working at it at one time. Um, and there's a seven mile road from the front gate to get all the way to the back to the actual Diablo. So I remember driving in with Will one morning and by the time we had gotten seven miles in, I think the whole plant knew that we were dating because <laughs> oh. the security officer would call the guy at the other end and be like, guess what? <laughs> They're together. Torres' son just brought Carrie into the <laughs> So it was, it was fun. So yeah, that, that's how we met. Um, I, I had a lot going on, you know, like I think as a female, until you feel comfortable in your own skin, in your own space and quietness, you can't, it's hard for you to know what you really want. Mm -hmm. And I was in that space when I met Will finally, like I had been, you know, long relationships, short relationships, older guys, younger guys, Mm -hmm. just like trying to figure out what I really wanted. And, um, I got my own apartment. I got my own cool car. I was just yeah. like doing my own thing and in my own skin. And then Will came mm-hmm. and it worked. Let's take a quick detour here to talk about another consumed supporter. Slow Food Co-op's mission is to empower health and well-being in the community by providing quality groceries, local produce, and exceptional customer service. Slow Food Co-op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. Slow Food Co-op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining non-GMO standards and a variety of organic selections. You can find Slow's only community-owned grocery store and their website at slowfood.coop and visit the Slow Food Co-op in-store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. young did you get married we were young right i mean 25 that was oh we met in oh four and then we got married in oh six yeah right runner yeah 25 26 yeah yeah 
Um, you didn't have a food partnership necessarily at the beginning. I, I had nothing no, to do with was, food. She was a no. very much Trader Joe's girl. It was macaroni and cheese. Mac and cheese, sure. two buck chuck. I was happy. Yeah. Remember when... <laughs> I know there are a lot of people who still, still drink two buck chuck. Yeah. I haven't in a while, but I remember that being just such a treat. Which, thank you, Trader Joe's. Yeah. For, you know? Yeah. yeah. For... there. That was my wine yeah. for a number of years. It was mine too. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. So then um, you were at Justin. Did you work your way up into that job or did you come in hot as executive chef? No, I started out as like line cook slash Sue and then kind of worked up. I left for about a month to open up a restaurant in Paso and then that wasn't going as well. And then around that time... Uh, the chef at Justin left and then the hospitality Owners. manager mm. called me back and asked me to come back. Debbie. Well, Debbie and um, Peter, <laughs> Peter, when he yeah. was there, yeah. um, kind of called me back and asked me to come back as mm. executive. So yeah, so that was maybe 07, 08, that right around have, there. So you must've been happy cause you were there a long time. Yeah, I mean it's good, and and it's it I don't want to say it's like an indispensable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and it was you know wine paired. It was coursed out. Yeah. You know, so you got to be creative. It was fun. Um, you know, we got to change the menu really as often as we wanted. Mm. Um, it was always busy. You know, with the wine. You know, everybody coming out. So that was always fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it was. Just, it didn't really have to back then. It didn't have to make money because the wine was making so much money. Oh, so you it know, was kind of like a side yeah, thing. Yeah, like... Well, I feel like a I mean, they, did, like a they did make money, too. but... You know, they would have a lot wasn't, of... I didn't necessarily have to. Well, they mm-hmm. would have a lot of, like, clients and business people they would sell wine to come through, and they would kind of wine and dine and, you know, mm-hmm. do stuff. So, I, you know, I think back then, yeah, it was definitely a big, like, marketing tool for them to have. So, yeah, um, yeah and then changed over... Ownership. I don't remember what year that was. I don't you know, with, either. You yeah. know, Roll International, mm-hmm. you know, bought the winery and then kind of changed it over and did the remodel and all that stuff. So um, they kept... It was a whole year of not cooking. Yeah, they kept... What uh, do you mean? Oh, because it was just well, they kept, transit? Yeah, they kept a couple of they us managers on. They kept me on, uh, our dining room manager, Timothy, our uh, front of the house girl, um, kept her on. Our innkeeper, they kept on. They kept like four or five of us on. What'd you do? Um, just like research, new menus, new yeah. food. Um, you that know, it's fun. Yeah. So I mean, it was nice that they kept us on, which was awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. they could have laid us off and said reapply later. So that was awesome. Super nice. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, took care of me, and then whatever, three, four was that? Four years ago? Five years ago? Maybe four. We met Ryan and Leanne, our business partners yeah. at Farmhouse, doing a catering event for them. Um, and then just kind of met them through a mutual friend and then whatever, a couple years into that, that turned into, turned into us doing our own catering first mm-hmm. with Torres catering. And then right around that time I was doing that plus working at Justin. <laughs> See, that's what I, that's what I recall is that you never, you hadn't yet fully like detached from Justin. You no. were trying we tried to, to do all kinds of things. Yes. We no, tried I, to, yeah, and I they tried, were like, but, no, you can't leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, yeah. My manager at the time was like, well, I really need you to stay. Like, mm. we'll try to work around it. So basically, if I wasn't at Justin, I was catering. And if I wasn't catering, obviously, was at Justin. I think we did that for a year or two. Mm-hmm. A year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Year, year and a half, somewhere in between there. 
Um, and then finally our business partners asked if we wanted to, you know, leave and turn all that into farmhouse. So kind and of like you, a, and they, I forgive me if I'm saying this wrong, but they don't have anything to do with food, right? They didn't. No, no it they was just a new really thing like to, to eat food. Well, yeah. And, yeah. they're well cultured. They, they travel a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yeah. Lo- but they love, they do love, they food. love good food and they love whatever wine and experience and like mm-hmm. all that together. So, um, just kind of worked out. Y'all obviously have great taste too, because the, the inside of the restaurant is just so beautiful. Remember when I came in and I was like, that, that, um, that tile is what we mm-hmm. are putting into our kitchen so yeah. you can yeah. see it back here. Yeah. I, I like just remember it. feeling like, is this going to work? And yay, it turned out. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. But I love the inside. I love the interior. It's an, it's a, a very unusual space though, I'll say. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that when you were first thinking, you know, how do we open this thing? How does it look? Yeah. Um, we, we saw the space, we saw the building and we were only thinking restaurant at first and it, that was only going to be half of it was, the, and then the other half he was going to do offices or something, but, um, cause it's their building, your partner's yes, building. Ryan yeah. and Leanna okay. own the building. And so, um, we, um, and then w- there was so many things that had to be fit in there, like the coffee bar and you know, they loved ice cream. Will made ice cream. Ice cream is a passion for Will. So then we mm. had it, we needed ice cream and there was not enough space on half the side. So it just, mm. it just evolved. We thought we were going to do more gourmet food things and, mm. and have, you know, that huge cheese and cheese section. And, yeah. and we've evolved a little bit over the course that we've been open to have more like gift items, which I think, People like because they it's an experience they can have a meal and then go yes get some fun shopping goody things. But the space was I mean really comes from Leanne and Ryan's travels and um, we knew we wanted it to be happy and sunshiny yes. and um, and it really it's Leanne's eye design eye mm-hmm. for that whole entire space. Will Will and her are definitely the creative part mm-hmm. of farmhouse and. Ryan and I are the logistic part of our well, we're, Yeah, we're the dreamers <laughs> and the big, yeah. big idea people. And then they're the more, yeah, like, I don't want to say down to earth, but yeah, more concentrated. They're focused. grounded. Yeah. yeah. Grounded, <laughs> where we like to float up a little bit. So. Yeah. Well, the colors, I mean, Leanne, congratulations, because it is so appealing in there. I mean, it just, it like speaks to children, but it speaks to the kid and all of us. And it's right. just... It is so Instagram friendly. It's just really, you know, a lot of places that are Instagram friendly aren't, they, there isn't a lot of substance there. Yeah. Um, I think we all, I did a story one time on an ice cream place that will remain nameless where um, the people who opened the place were influencers. They were Instagram. That was their whole business. Hmm. And they had seen some ice cream that was really beautiful and they decided to open an ice cream place and they had never made ice cream in their lives, but they knew that it would get attention. You know, it was visually really beautiful and you could taste it in the ice cream. What is happening here? And yet it's just gorgeous to look at. Um, the nice thing about out where you are is the food is excellent. It's beautiful to look at. The gift area is, you know, locally driven. Mm-hmm. Our girl Fabian Tefera, um, who's her. been on this podcast, yeah. is um, her stuff. She sells Goods, her stuff her out there. Goods, yeah. Um, 
And then you have the Artemat, which I know is so fun. Is so we cute. saw that in um, New Orleans. We were traveling. We were like we had some time between opening and it being built, and so we were like, let's let's travel a little bit. And there was a catering seminar there, which was kind of just like bunk. It wasn't really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we went to New Orleans, which is the best part of it, and um, a cute hotel, Eliza Jane, cutest little hotel. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what street it's on, but the name of it is Eliza Jane. And in their lobby was an artemat, and we were like, we have to have this. Yep. We have to have it. Can you describe what it is? So it is a refurbished cigarette um, dispensing. Like a vending Vintage machine. vending yeah. machine, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, really, he just, the, the man who kind of designed the concept just um, cleans it up, makes it look cute. And then um, he gets art from artists all over the world who make art that fits in a cigarette box. Tiny. Yeah. Tiny art. So, and some of them have to be like, if they're like felt things, items, it has to be weighted with like rocks in it so that it'll actually like go down the chute. So it's fun to um, have all these different, and we have some local artists that are doing stuff in right our artemat now too, which is really fun. I think it's like created like stir, but mm. um, so yeah. Just I love your that. piece of art comes out. And my kids, I think, are the ones that get the most stuff out of that thing. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, and it's expensive, right? It's, it's not like, like exactly. $5 for a little piece of art. Yeah. So it's fun. So things like that where it's not anyone. It's farmhouse is certainly not a restaurant. You know, it's mm -hmm. a restaurant plus this marketplace, local love, um, beautiful kind of come spend experience. the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Live music on the weekends. Yeah. Right. Right. So. And your lovely patio. So I think COVID kind of forced your hand in terms of, I mean, you opened how soon before? We were open June of 19. So I think seven months before. Yeah. We didn't right. even get a full year. Yeah. And you were slow in opening. Like you, you, you just took it in a, like you staged it out, right? Mm -hmm. Where it was maybe you only did lunch for a while and then you started um, dinner and you included breakfast, but it had to shift. It had yeah. to evolve, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was, um, this is the stupidest question in the world. What was like, what was COVID like for you? Yeah. I mean, for me, definitely, I mean, it's definitely rough. And I think most people around here, it's pretty rough. That area of town is definitely very like business focused, like mind body, the airport, ACI right. jet. So, I mean, a lot of those businesses were hurting mm -hmm. a lot of those laid people off. So, I mean, a lot of our clientele. Or they were working from home, right? Yeah, we're working from home. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of ours disappeared. Regulars that we would see five, seven days a week, you know, were at home because who knows, are they going to make enough money? Are they going to keep their job? You know, nobody kind of knows. So, I mean, we tried to do to go for a little bit, but like I said, with all those businesses gone, it didn't really work. Yeah. Not that it's a drive to go to that side of town, but I feel like you needed to like plan that you were going to go to that side yes. of the town, to the airport. It's not like it's downtown where everything's going on and you can hit up a few spots, mm -hmm. um, you know, and yeah. So, I mean, and then this last time we had to close down cause it was, you know, close and open and close. So, I mean, we did that a few times and then the last time we closed, I think we kept, we always kept the market side open, kind yeah. of modified hours. I, I poked in there a couple times. Yeah. And kept that side open. But the last time, I mean, the restaurant was closed for seven months, yeah. almost eight oh months. So for me, like, <laughs> I continue to work in the market, which obviously my passion is food. So 
me having to stare at an empty restaurant with, you know, it's just like there's mm-hmm. no life in a restaurant. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was hard, um, you know, watching your account get smaller money-wise because you're just trying yeah. to stretch it out as long as you can. So. so what's it like now? I haven't been since June 15th when things reopened. So are you serving dinner? Are you serv- serving only lunch? Only lunch. Okay. Uh, well, I guess breakfast, lunch. Coffee, breakfast, lunch. We're open eight to four. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. breakfast. And yes. then we closed. We used to be open seven days a week. Now it's back to five. Yep. You know, I mean, every restaurant, every business around here is still trying to find people to work. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, it's pretty much everywhere when... We went to see family in Washington, every business along the way in Oregon and Washington, everybody's hiring. Nobody yeah. wants to work or can't work, you know, cause kids are still at home. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's lots of different variables in there that people can't. But demand is high, right? Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, our business is definitely picking up. It's still not quite where it was, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's definitely down still, but it's getting better. So, um, yeah, we just keep hoping it keeps going in the right direction in case counts don't go up and yeah yep you know there's ne- there's always room outside to eat i feel like that's mm-hmm. a, a plus for people who are a little bit nervous mm-hmm. the tables inside are pretty spread out too it's really airy and yeah. big in there it's got high ceilings it's like yeah. a, you know in many ways it's like a warehouse yeah. you know yeah. yeah so um and the majority of our people do sit outside, mm-hmm. um, which even, is fine. And we still, still yeah, and we still have, like, even if we have a full crowd, it doesn't seem like there's there's no space. It still feels like there's still space, so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You, you guys are a favorite of um, a lot of industry people. Um, <clears throat> I know when um, Greg and Daisy Ryan came here yeah. for their interview, they wound up out at your place and enjoyed it so much. Um, I, I'm curious, you know, as far as what's going to happen next for you, you're probably still just, you know, looking as close as you can with COVID having, it has not released its stranglehold no, it totally. No. But if you were going to do something really cool next, what would it be? Especially with that beautiful space. Oh, you're looking knowingly at him. Is there something? No, no. there's nothing. I mean, I just know where his heart is. So. Which is? I mean, I, I, I think that if we did something else, it would be really small dining experience. What does that mean? Well, I mean, I mean, dinner didn't really work in that sunshiny place. You know, it's hard to like transition that bright of an atmosphere into like trying to do a fine dining white tablecloth. Interesting. Yes. It was hard to do. Yeah. I, I could, I could tell in people's faces that they were enjoying themselves and it was fun, but I. There was, I think it lacked like warmth and something else in the evening time that was not there. The food was amazing at night, which I think was what people kept coming back for. Um, But if we ever did anything else, I think we'd want it to be a small, intimate dining, Hmm. fine dining experience again. Like a brick and mortar. Yeah, I think Will's missing the... I mean, I still like that, but I mean, people come in all the time and ask us like, is this a franchise? Do you guys have any yeah. anywhere else? And like, come up to whatever, Oregon, or come up to San Francisco, or mm-hmm. bring bring one of these down to Orange County. So like, I wouldn't even mind that, you know, like yeah. opening up another farmhouse, whatever, in Santa Barbara, or Santa Cruz, or San Francisco. Like. Or somewhere even like kind of interesting, like Ventura. I could yeah. see something like that, where it's just like slightly offbeat, mm-hmm. um, being really successful where they don't have something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know? so, I mean, I would be excited to do something like that too. It's just, 
at some point, yeah, just to get the business. And I'm like, I know most people are figuring out the same thing. And, you know, Jacob and Brooke modify their stuff all the yeah. time to try and find the best way to make money and be profitable and do all this stuff. So, I mean, we keep doing the same thing. So, but COVID just keeps everybody mm. on their toes right now. So you're always having to change. So for me, it would just be nice to have that kind of all even out. So then you can mm. actually see like, true business numbers true yeah that's what we really need is everything just to see everything settle because yes. you're always you know business keeps going up and down so mm. nothing's ever consistent so it would be nice to see something consistent so you could say oh yeah we can do this and we we can replicate this and be mm -hmm. profitable and you know do and all like the stuff so see your averages too there's no such yeah. thing as an average right now no. not right now i mean I mean, Brooke and Jacob come into our spot at least once a week. I mean, Brian and Harmony and Ember come in like once a week. So it's kind of cool to have other business people support you too in the industry. I mean, but, you know, even talking with them, you know, I think they were, Brooke and Jacob at Spoon Trade were closed for a week, you know, with yeah. kind of a little vacation. Yep, they, like they gave ago. it to themselves, yeah. And then, you know, I think they were opening that Wednesday. And then when he came in a couple of days ago, he was like, that was like our busiest Wednesday ever. Mm. Just a random... Wednesday, he said it was yeah. busier than any Saturday or Sunday they've ever had on a random Wednesday. So there's no like rhyme or reason no. to when people go out, what they're doing. You know, it's just hard to, before you could kind of judge, you knew mm -hmm. every Tuesday was this much, every Wednesday was this much, and now it's just kind of all up in air. And You know, you guys belong to a, a certain ilk of restaurant people, including Brooke and Jacob at Spoon Trade, including Brian and Harmony at Ember, including Le Petit and I, mm -hmm. yep. um, including Bells. Mm -hmm. There's a certain style. It's actually totally casual. These are neighborhood places, but they're of a certain level of quality for sure. And just tons and tons of flavor um, and like concentrated flavor. Anyway, you can tell that a real expert pro is at the helm for sure. Yep. But people love those they love that food so much and they obviously love the feeling you they get when they're with you of course it's not only about food it's about the people who mm -hmm. provide it yep. we're all willing to go with you on your journey of when you're open i mean honestly yeah i think, I, think so. I agree with you we are i mean, i was talking to um becky and mike hicks who own lincoln deli because they're on this season and they're like i know people don't know when we're open and they resent us for not being open on sundays but Honestly, we're doing what's best for our family. And yep. I think we all get that. I mean, sure, it's totally frustrating to think something's open, to show up and the doors are closed. It's like, all right, you know. But um, but we can handle it, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, we were we were in at Lincoln, I think right before they did that and kind of talking with Becky and Mike, you know, they were behind the counter making sandwiches and doing stuff and you know working they were, their butts off away from their children yep right well and they kind of said like we're thinking about closing sunday because we used to like a lot of people like to go after a hike that was our go day. get a sandwich sunday. i mean we used to go a lot of sundays too to go get a sandwich mm -hmm. and i i mean i support them too like 100%. close down take mm -hmm. care of the kids take care of your mindset yeah like we were talking earlier you know mental health and time with family and some of that stuff is more important and people will figure it out like They'll either find a different sandwich spot or they plan around and then, you know, maybe that's not their spot or now people make stuff at home and picnic and then take it with, but it'll be busier on the other days. They'll yeah. come and support you. We'll be okay. Yeah. Like we're going to find food. Well, and, and that's part of our community is going through the ups and downs of local businesses and supporting them and, 
and th- that's like what makes a community what it is. We we get people that come into farmhouse sometimes and they look at our menu and, is, and they say stuff like, "Is that all you have?" And I'm like, "Yes." Uh. <laughs> and maybe mm-hmm. maybe don't come back next time. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't like. We're it's not, it's not a chain restaurant. We don't have a steamer in the back that gets this bag that's frozen and makes yeah, your meal for you. This is not PF Chance. No, this yeah. is like, this is a big I'd deal. 90, and 95% is made from scratch. So it's like, yeah. that takes time, that takes labor. And especially now when you don't know what your sales are going to be and all your stuff and you're trying to run a little bit leaner. I mean, you can't have like 30, 40 items on a menu. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you've got a business faster, you know? So it's like, all right, we only have 15 items, but everything's made from scratch. It all comes in fresh. Yeah. You know, you have guys that like what they're doing and like, that's their life thing to cook and they're passionate about food too. So, I mean, we pay our chefs a little bit more mm-hmm. for that. So, um, you know, um, well, and again, you're getting like, yeah, maybe isn't it blintzes that you had on the menu for a while? Was it blintzes? What was it? No, pierogies. It was yeah, pierogies, which you can't, I don't know. Forgive me. I don't know if there's any other place that's serving those, but mm. I don't, I'm pretty sure not. I love pierogies. <clears throat> so yeah, maybe you look at what a pierogi is on the menu and you're like, I've never had that. I don't know. But then you taste it and it's like, oh, this is so flavorful. Mm-hmm. Um, you're forcing people to, first of all, not treat you like a vending machine. Yeah. Yep. Go to the Artemat if you want right. a vending machine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, like, maybe try it, and you might just love it. You yeah. never know. Yeah, I was really happy to see pierogies on your menu. I mean, we, like, I don't know. We have, like, always do Filipino stuff, Mexican, whatever, Italian. It kind of, it just yeah. changes. I mean, I like, like, I like to eat lots of different foods. We go out to eat a lot. Like, yeah. when we travel, we try to find good spots, different ethnic foods. Um, well, it's like, what do you like? Do you like sweet? Do you like sour? Do you like tangy? Do you like spicy? Do you like salty and though all yeah, of those creamy, things like, are yeah. involved in every all the dishes so our servers are told you know like if somebody's like i don't know well what what's your favorite type of food what mm-hmm. do you like spicy do you like this so yeah. my answer would be yes yes i like, yes, all, I like those things. all the things yeah <laughs> um we don't have so much more time but i do want to ask about how you eat at home because i've actually <clears throat> interviewed you about that before are there still um um like allergies and and there are still okay because somebody is gluten-free i remember Our, my son mason was celiac so celiac he is celiac right. diagnosed celiac um yeah. a while ago and it wasn't like a normal diagnosis so um and that it is as we know now that it is comes from family mm-hmm. like hereditary yeah. Yeah. yeah and it comes from will's side just so everybody knows Damn it, will. <laughs> so i mean i do like i have wheat sensitivity like if i have too much really I'm bloated, crampy, full, which kind of sucks as a chef because, hmm. you know. We still eat wheat in our house. Like, there is gluten in our home. Yeah. And we it's not so severe. Thank thank you, Lord, that it's not so severe. But, yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely pick and choose what is going to happen. But um, our kids eat everything and anything, really. It's oh, pretty surprising. Yeah. And um, it was funny because my daughter went was in home ec at the junior high and everything that all the food that they made at the junior high she was like if, dad if we just did this it would be better if we just did this it would be better and I know that home ec teacher was like 
I agree with you, but <laughs> she couldn't <laughs> teach it that way, you know. Well, that made so, certain <laughs> budgets and stuff to yeah. stick in because she like, <laughs> totally. Did, you, did so. you put butter in this? No. Did you put milk? Yeah. No. We had to use evaporated milk. How about so. creme fraiche? Yeah. I could get you some. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I mean, they have, you know, their budgets and restrictions and stuff to do too. But so. yeah, she would always come home and say like, eh, it didn't taste great or, oh, you know, it would be better if it was this. So, I mean, they're definitely little foodies too. I mean, mm-hmm. we definitely... They still like junk food like every other kid's. Mm-hmm. I mean, half the time I still like junk food once yeah. in a while. But I feel like for the most part, we eat fairly healthy. I mean, farmer's market veggies. I mean, a lot of like local yeah. meat and veggies. Trying to cut back on starches just a little bit. So really just protein and veggies. But. I just remember thinking, these people eat so clean. I remember, Carrie, I'll never forget this. You were like, I mean, we get we get honeycomb coffee delivered to our front doorstep, for God's sake. And yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you eat well. That's good. It's That's so good, good living. It's so good. Well, if yeah. you were going to, um, I don't know why I'm compelled to ask you this, but it just occurred to me, I want to ask Will and Carrie what their favorite burrito is or like your favorite sandwich or your favorite breakfast outside of your own restaurant. What's a favorite burrito? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't even know about... Mexican food. I mean, I, how about this rice in or outside the burrito? Um, I'm I no like rice. it. I like it inside if I have to have it mm, oh, divided. Yeah, yeah, I like no rice, but I do like beans. I do like actually like, I like a lot of like salad burritos. in there too. I don't like burrito burritos. A salad in in the burrito? I mean, I like the greens in there. So I don't know why I like like wilty lettuce crunchy. sometimes, but you know, even on a burger when like the lettuce <laughs> gets lettuce a little wilty, <laughs> like crunchy and wilty, like yeah, no, I like that. So yeah, same. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. It's weird, but it tastes good. So what about a sandwich? Sandwich. I mean, Lincoln yeah. High Street. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite order at one of those? Um, I don't. I like so. the du- I like the Dutch crunch. What yeah. is it? Dutch, Dutch punch. punch. Yeah. Dutch yes. punch is really good. Yeah. Uh, what's the spring turkey? Yeah, you. That one's that one really good with time. like avocado. Yep. I think I get that one at High Street. Um, at I Lincoln, like, the uh, egg salad. Yeah, egg salad. On the onion roll. Egg salad. I agree. With like bacon on it is so it's good. I love good. the egg salad. What's it? I can't even. Eggs. Think. Eggs worth. Ells- it. Ellsworth. Ellsworth. Ellsworth egg. Yeah. yeah. That is so good. People do not give that enough credit. Yeah, no, no, it's onion good. roll of bacon yeah. and egg salad. Tomatoes and lettuce. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's for sure. For sure. Oh my gosh. Okay, favorite breakfast. And then I'll leave this alone. I like, I mean, I like Del Monte still. We like Del Monte. <laughs> I like, you all ashamed. <laughs> yeah. I love Del Monte. Yeah. Well, it's just like traditional. Yeah. I mean, even for donut. I mean, I like, like, I like Surfside Donuts. I like yeah. Slow Donut Co. But I like just the OG spot. What's this? Sunshine. 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 Yeah. That's my Give favorite. it to me straight. Yeah. I mean, but that's just me. I'm more old school. I love yeah. apple fritters, which technically is not a donut. It's a fritter, but that's oh my like God. my favorite. Well, I'm like concerned for your aorta right now yeah. if you're eating those. Jeez. Now, all the, well, I take I mean, it back. You don't eat clean. Yeah. I, used to, I would crush a whole one before. Now I might do like a quarter or a half. So, yeah. I mean, cut back a little bit, but that's still, Sunshine. you know, you'd still like. I still like American cheese. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just those things like you grew up eating that brings back memories. I mean, food is all memories too. So yes. um, for me, it's some of those that, you know, mm-hmm. that I won't give them up. But I mean, favorite restaurants, I mean, obviously Ember, Spoon Trade, mm-hmm. Bell's. I mean, Bell's, I like their menu because it's straightforward. Yes, it is. And it usually reads and comes across simple, but you know, there's lots of technique mm-hmm. and stuff behind it and flavors. But like I said, when it comes out, it's presented simple 
You like their salad, the Finley Farms salads. I, I was just thinking, Daisy Ryan salads are just. How do you turn a it's salad just into this? Greens and the shallot the and the parm dressing yeah. that's on it, and that's it. It's yeah. super simple, but like the flavors in your mouth, and it's just bomb. And We're then, super excited. We're going to Single Thread for our anniversary. Oh my gosh, I feel like an idiot. What is Single Thread? Oh, it's it's a restaurant in Hedelsburg. Oh. It's a bed and breakfast. It's a husband-wife team. She actually grows the farm and he cooks. And he oh, was wow. actually one of Will's culinary teachers at Cordon Bleu. Oh, my God. And I think now there are two or three. I yeah, think three Michelin, Michelin stars. Star. Wow. So kind That's of more like Japanese, Kaiseki style. So coursed out, mm. you know, Donavi pots, like all that. But yeah, like Carrie said, she's the farmer. So she grows all the stuff that they use in the restaurant. He does all the, you know, cooking with his crew. So what a treat! We wanted to go there forever. So I think the last couple of years, I think they've only been open for maybe three or four, maybe five years or less. So lovely. Yeah. So, so lovely. Just nice. Somebody sticks around like the same stuff, but then elevates it a ton. Yeah. So elevates it. Yeah. 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 I think when I say lots of flavor and like concentrated flavor, that's what I mean. It's like just a little bump and it can look so simple on the menu but then you get it there's something different about this you know i think of your um you know i love that waffle it's so special the rice flour waffle Mm -hmm. i think of the chicken and waffles at spoon trade which just has you know it's it's normal but it's also higher than normal well the sourdough the sourness of the dough and and their He's homemade American cheese. Yeah. Talk about American cheese. Yeah. Oh my gosh, who's making American cheese? Oh, well, yeah. and Jacob his bologna, Tone. like his bologna too, right. homemade bologna. Yeah. Like, it's fun. Yeah. It's super fun. Well, it, so um, I ask everybody at the end what, um, if it were your last day on earth and you were super pumped about your life, you were happy with what you had lived, um, what would you eat as your final meal and what would you drink and who would you be with? Um, and I think memory comes into that a lot in yeah. terms of like comfort food and home cooked food. But what comes to mind? Um, I mean, I'm pretty straight. I feel like I'm pretty straightforward. I'd probably do either some sort of fish or a burger and fries. Like mm. I could probably eat a burger almost every day. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I love them. They're good. You do um, love burgers. <laughs> I mean, for me, just definitely family, like being surrounded by family. I mean, mm. to see my mom again, but to yeah. be with Carrie, um, I mean, we grew up eating adobo. Adobo would be like another hmm. food thing that I would eat a lot. I like the vinegary. I had it for lunch. Garlic, like yeah. that's my favorite. So kind of anywhere in between there. You're a tangy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want lasagna, maybe from, well, for sure from um, Ember. His like 50 layer whatever crazy oh, lasagna. That thing is so good. <laughs> So I want lasagna, a really good glass of wine. I would start with a mezcal cocktail. Mm. Um, and I would be with Will and his mom. I think that would be amazing to be able to mm. hang out with her again. And I think my drink, something with bourbon, old-fashioned yeah. Manhattan, mm-hmm. something something strong. <laughs> something strong. Yeah. Go out strong. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, it's so fun to sit and talk with you. Thank you yeah. for coming over. Yeah, thanks for yeah. having us. Thank you for listening to Consumed. It means a lot to see how the podcast has grown in 100 episodes. And it's all thanks to you listeners. The podcast is edited by me this time around because Chris Lambert is amazing and busy with other very important stuff, but he's still forever part of the Consumed family. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review and share with all your buddies. Okay, until next time, I'm Jamie Lewis. Bye.